Welcome everyone to the Hunter Gatherers podcast. This is a show that explores everything to do with hunter gatherers, of course, from foraging to anthropological study of contemporary hunter gatherer groups, uh, looking into our prehistoric hunter gatherer past, as well as hopefully speaking to some hunter gatherer peoples themselves. And also people who are trying to implement what they have learned from hunter-gatherers in their lives today, such as our guests on today's episode, Gan and David. Gan and David are a couple who live on a two-acre piece of land on a mountain at the border of Cambodia on the Thai side, and they wake up every morning and work at soil regeneration and forest uh, regeneration with the goal of becoming calorically self-sufficient as well as being part of that process of bringing back life and biodiversity to a piece of land that was once, I believe, commercial fruit plantation. Uh, All the plots around them, their neighbors are commercial I believe durian farmers, and they spray a lot of chemicals and do all sorts of uh, things that commercial growers do. And just to the north of them, or to the upslope of them, is National Forest, so some of their neighbors are also elephants. Now, their dwelling is a a hut, it's a wooden hut, uh, unelectrified, just a one-room wooden... Uh, stilt house sort of like a, you might a smaller version of maybe what was a traditional maybe rural Thai house you know very small though this is a miniature miniature version and they also have a a pond with some fish a couple chickens as well as very many interesting fruit trees and rare species of bushes and shrubs and plants that the previous owner of the plot had uh, grown there from and taken seeds and cuttings from his travels around the world really uh, i think mostly southeast asia but also africa so there's uh, the magic i think magic fruit tree i think it's called or it makes everything once you taste this little sort of fruit Everything else tastes sweet. You could bite into a lemon and it would taste sweet after. The first time I ever heard of it and tried it, and it was really cool. What else? There was a peanut butter fruit, and it does taste quite a bit like peanut butter. Uh, all sorts of durian and mangosteen. The mangosteen there were the best I've ever had, and I'm sure it has to do with the, the biodiversity and the, the soil quality there. Um... Yeah, it was very interesting conversation I had with with David and Gunn, and mostly David you'll hear in the conversation. Gunn does join in at uh, the end of the podcast. She shares a story of how she grew up uh, foraging on the weekends or every so often with her family in the forest, and that's just how rural Thai people uh, used to do things and and still do in many parts of the country. 
and around Southeast Asia. David is originally from Germany, and they're they're a relatively uh, young couple. I mean, they were just, I think, uh, 26, two years ago when I recorded this. So very interesting to hear um, them talk about why they decided to leave you know, this commer- commercial consumer culture and live in the forest and do what they do. I don't know if we get into that too much. We, we do talk mostly about authority and uh, hierarchy, mechanisms uh, that hunter-gatherers and other anarchistic uh, peoples have to keep authority in check or from, from rising up. And... Yeah, is is great. We sort of just I sort of just put the recorder on, so you're gonna jump in midway in our conversation. But uh, it's very enjoyable, and do stick around for gun story at the end. Now you're also you'll also hear some knives chopping and banging of pots potentially, but that's because we we uh, recorded live on location in the forest in their at underneath their their hut. Uh, if you enjoy this conversation and the conversations that we have here with Techwin normally, please write to us and suggest any further future guests that you would like to hear. Or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, don't be shy. You can reach us at huntergathererspodcast at protonmail.com. Hope to hear from you. I forgot to mention that if you would like to learn more about what David and Gan do, you can visit their website, funfu.org. That's F-E-U-N-F-O-O.org. They're on Patreon. You can support them and see pictures of what they're doing and also get in touch with them. The thing is, power and money and power is pretty much the same in the society. Mm-hmm. It corrupts people. It it's it, human nature, like not the thing that they sell in the psychology today, med- uh, 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 as, as as human nature, but the real human nature, including jungle people, including people who live the natural way. We are not made to have power over other people. That's, yeah, and this is why many hunter gatherers have those elaborate mechanisms of suppressing powerful individuals. The Lisu Hill people. In the north, if they had a like a village headman who like uh, was like not 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 the boss, he didn't tell other people what to do, but just a guy who everybody trusted. A, a mayor, like out of um, uh, out of reputation, a mm-hmm. reputational sort yes. of organizing figure. And so the culture of the Lisu is, if a village headman gets too authoritarian. And too bossy, they kill him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there is other, like the Bushmen in the Kalahari Desert, they make fun of people who yes, think they are especially better. the women. Exactly. So they all have those mechanisms to suppress this power instinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power instinct is basically just uh, everybody wants social status. Everybody wants to be liked, loved by their community. And power is just more than that mm-hmm. it taken to an abstract level huh? I th- I and think so okay. once people 
in this civilization where you get rewarded for being egoistic, for you, where, where you have an advantage, where you make more money than other people, where you get the better jobs, ne? the more you exploit, and soon you will be Jeff Bezos and have a trillion dollars, you know? So, uh, power corrupts the people so much that it is very, very, very difficult for them to change. Even people with the best intentions. The young Mao Zedong of China had some pretty good ideas. Fidel Castro and Che Guevara and Nesso Che. Kao, uh, Kao, it's... Kao uh, is <laughs> uh, He had some very good ideas and uh, they got to power and then they killed a lot of people. Nah? Mm -hmm. it's, I think, oh, I have a lot of ideas, but I know if I would be in charge, if I would make the rules, I would be an asshole. Mm -hmm. It would be a complete disaster. I would kill so many people. No? Yeah. Because it is not something wrong with me as a person, but with power. Yes. Power, with, it corrupts the best individuals, it's the like ones with the best ideas. Sitting in the driver's seat of a car on a very busy road, you're going to be upset, right? You're behind that wheel, and that's the position of being in power. And that's why I think, like, Hitler wasn't a happy guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think he was a happy guy. Definitely just, not. Just looking at uh, looking at the memes, but everyone wants to feel good, you mm -hmm. know. And if if there is a if this conversation, this like what you just addressed, mm -hmm. that it's in it's not the person themselves, but the position they find themselves in, that causes them to act that way. Yes. Then, if this information, if that knowledge becomes more widespread, more known and accepted, then people can be more aware of it when they find themselves in those positions or even might not want to seek out such seek out such things. When you the, you knowing about it makes you less susceptible to susceptible it. to it in, in that you you don't pursue such things. Exactly, and that's place. why I don't have power. Mm -hmm. So all the people who have the good thoughts are not in positions of power because if they would like to, if they know about this, they don't even try because they know that it's a dangerous game. Right. This is why. Do you know Leopold Kor? I don't know. He is a political theorist and he is completely underrated because people back in the days in the 70s, they dismissed his ideas and they called him a poet. Mm -hmm. He's just a poet. But he said the problem is bigness. He said everything is too big. It, human life would be heaven on earth if it would be just small communities. But as soon as it's a, a district, as soon as it's a province, a country, yes. a continent... Centralized, centralized authority. Yes, it, it just will not happen. Mm -hmm. eh? And so totally. We need decentralization. And so this is why it, this, this whole leader thing with people with good ideas, it works if it's, if it's on the very tiny scale. Mm -hmm. Well, even on a tiny scale, let's say there were 10 or 12 of us and, and one person just said, well, guys, I'm the leader now. No one would uh, just be like, all right, Fred. Just, uh, <laughs> Calm down, man. Have a joint, buddy. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's good. <laughs> funny, funny fuck, guy. Man. And, uh, <laughs> and you notice that, I noticed that when I visited those small groups, I, I don't like the term tribe too much because people tend to think tribes are somehow interrelated and mm -hmm. they're just peoples. Mm -hmm. They're just groups of people mm -hmm. 
with the with and they have their own borders but anyway mm. tribe t tends to the tribe puts them in a relationship with the state so mm -hmm. to say like oh those are tribal people meaning you know they're all one kind of thing and then there's the people in the state so anyway mm -hmm. when i when i visited and say uh, the 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 batek in uh, in malaysia who are hunter gatherer primarily uh, and trader they they no one's interested in no one seems to be interested in uh authority mm -hmm. i mean there's one guy in the group that i visit the village and he seems a bit like yeah i want to he seems a little fluffed up mm -hmm. because the the government of Malaysia appointed him, mm -hmm. you know, Always the headman. Like Always like that. Right? Same with the whole people here in Thailand. Right. But he actually has no... Mm -hmm. He has no actual authority over yes. the people. Yes. So they come to him, they talk to him, he feels like he's important, but no one considers him the actual head of the community or anything yes. and he has no influence over them yes if people want to leave they want to hunt they want to yes. do this they want to build that no one consults him governments always do this shit because for governments it is such a pain in the ass you know they want some they mm -hmm. have a question a simple question and they want an answer from those people so if they just go there and ask them they will sit down for hours and hours and hours and talk until they find consensus until everybody agrees on something so that's too much of a pain in the ass the state is a hierarchy and they are used to this now yeah. you want to you want to get the, the the of this sub district you want to know the opinion you ask the head of the village mm -hmm. uh, and so they just appoint a random guy so that it's easier for them and often in the in the past of the hill tribes the hill people here in the north of thailand that started a lot of trouble because the people actually thought oh now i'm the appointed right. headman of the state and then they became like the people in the valley yeah and and uh, not just here in Thailand but all over the uh, hill region the mountainous regions of Southeast Asia mm -hmm. between um, China southern China and and, and uh, Southeast Asia mm -hmm. I mean what you were saying about people who don't want power become the people who uh, I mean they don't make it to those positions right they mm -hmm. they, they they want to actually improve things mm -hmm. um, and they're not the uh, power-seeking type. Mm -hmm. Andrew Yang comes to mind. I don't know if you... The Yankee presidential candidate yeah. who wants universal basic income? Yes, yes. Yes, I know him. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he doesn't seem to be someone who's in it for self-aggrandizing reasons. Yeah. He, he per, like, when you listen to what he says, he says, I, I wouldn't, if the, my ideas, policies are implemented, I'd rather that happen than I be president. But no one's doing it, so, yes. all right, let, uh, let's give this a go, because everyone is, because the, the situation knew, is suffering. I knew from the beginning on that he's not going to be the candidate for the Democrats. Well, it was kind of... It would be unbelievable if he would be. Just but because what? he looks Chinese, the people are not going to vote for him, man. They hate the Chinese over there. Well, and now especially with yes. uh, with the pandemic. Yes. Um, no, and uh, universal basic income, it's a whole different discussion. Uh, just, Is I it? I don't know. I think it, it mimics... It mimics... Uh, I think it mimics the abundance of nature. 
the conditions of an abundance but of nature. But within the capitalist framework. Yes, of course. And that is, the, that is the main problem that I have with it. That, you know, if people want freedom, uh, the thinkers, the great thinkers uh, like Andrew Yang, they say, oh, well, just give them free money and they'll have all the freedom in the world. No, they don't because they're still part of the damn system. They still need to buy their food. They still need to pay their rent. They still need to... No, everything that they want, mm -hmm. they need money for it. So for me... Real freedom comes from land, because uh, then you don't need money, then you don't need to be part of the system. You don't like the system, fine, you just do your own thing in your garden, you know? So, uh, within the capitalist framework, it's very difficult, it's, it's like those people, they're trying and they have some good ideas, but for, for me personally, uh, and I'm, uh, I, I don't think like many other people, um, they don't go deep enough. They don't, they don't go to the root of the problem. They try to solve issues while still staying in the system of industrial, techno-industrial capitalism. Mm -hmm. they, want, they still want supermarkets, they still want strip mines, they still want uh, uh, fancy gadgets, telephones, all that. Uh, but they also want more equality and that's just now none of the system works it's just if you it's a, it's a nice idea I like the idea yes but I just don't see it happening and even if it happens I'm not going to be sure if it really I'm not I'm not sure if they they even realize what they are getting themselves into now because I know plenty of people from back in the days in Germany who would love to do what I do but uh, they are afraid because of the whole money issue Mm -hmm. uh, they say, well, but how do I get enough money and uh, we need to have a little bit of income at least, blah, blah. Um, so if somebody gave them uh, the universal basic income, they would drop out. Mm -hmm. They would get their money and they would move somewhere in the countryside and they would do their own thing and they would not con contribute to the economy at all. Because they don't want to, but they have to. They're forced by the system. And if somebody gives them this opportunity, and I think a lot of teenagers, a lot of young people, a lot of people our age, your age, my age, they would, it would just, it would wreck the economy. You know? Because the people, if they have a choice, they don't choose the stupid lifestyle, you know. And uh, so if, if, if you give them basic income, then uh, the economy will... I mean, I'm not sure if it's really that big of a scale. There will be many people who will be happy in the city and using, uh, living right. their normal lives. Uh, but from the the people who love nature, the people who hate the system, it's the same thing. Uh, some people don't figure it out right away, yeah. but it goes in the same direction. What I think there is room for, and uh, is that if there were room for people to become part of nature again, and there to be... Right now... But they, the, they don't need universal basic income, they need land. That's true. A land distribution. Land. And if you want yeah. a land distribution, if, you, if you're a politician and you say we're going to do a land distribution, mm. palm oil company has way too much land here in mm. Thailand, so we take away half of it and we give it to poor people. They shoot them in the next morning, man. Yeah. They make a wave, they say he's a communist and everybody... Yeah, or a pedophile. We have yes, we had that in the past. So The, <coughs> the, the thing that needs to change and... Um, is always mind. Mind needs to change. Mm -hmm. Hearts need to change. Emotions mm -hmm. need to change. And you don't. Those don't usually happen by sh shouting matches mm -hmm. and uh, part partisan politics. So I think the the universal basic income. Everything happens usually. Uh, that's a big statement, but often things happen in stages, mm -hmm. and we can't. 
just like the the cell phone mm -hmm. and then the smartphone, we couldn't imagine all the changes that would come, to, mm -hmm. that would happen, but they yes. happened. And I think something like a universal basic income would lead to a lot of unforeseen changes. Mm -hmm. um, and I personally think that those people who, let's say, drop out of society, mm -hmm. there's there's a there's so much pain in being part of the system. Guilt. Going to school, yes. guilt that I have to buy these petrochemical products. Exactly. That, and what do you want to do? Yeah. No, that's what I. That's how I felt yeah. in Germany. There's mm -hmm. just no way around it. And you I try have, to be a conscious consumer, and yeah. everything has palm oil. Exactly. In it. Or yeah. plastic, and yes. or you try and recycle as best you can, but you know some and of it ends they up burn in the garbage. It. Yes. Yeah. And here they burn it. Yes. And then in Germany too. Yeah. And they, they call it recycling, and they burn it to generate electricity, mm. and then they make it on their checklist. They say, oh, this one gets recycled. Yes, it's a it's a scam. It's a, the the guilt part is a huge it's thing. It's very difficult, and it's more than any one human can take. Mm -hmm. It's it's so it's mm. so all consuming the the system. Uh, just how much one is hurting the earth and and other people and this planet and the animals. Mm -hmm. So it's it's almost impossible for us to imagine things changing overnight. So I think it's important to, or also helpful for us as individuals, to to consider a broader time frame mm -hmm. for the change that we yes. we so long for. Yes, I I mean I I have to say right quick I'm not against universal basic mm -hmm. income, I'm for it. Mm -hmm. I just think that the people don't know what they're getting themselves into. If they make universal basic income and I get it, well, I'm happy. Huh? I get to buy all the durian trees <laughs> that I want. Yes. I, so I'm not against it. Yeah. Because what I want is I want to I want this whole damn system to fall apart so mm -hmm. we get a clean slate and right. can start over again. The, and yeah. if it's going to happen that way, okay, it's a it's a good way. Huh? It's better than uh, if the oil is empty and people start eating each other. Mm -hmm. huh? The, the, there is a conception that when things go bad that people start to um, that everything goes wrong and people fight each other but in a lot of um, natural disasters you know the book right we were yes. talking about it yesterday <laughs> people actually yes. think fondly back on those times of yes. war and of, of, of not the people who are fighting yes. necessarily but the the people who are helping each other and yes. looking out for their neighbors suddenly and yes. sharing, sheltering yes. people who are uh, on the run and yes, there's all those beautiful stories. And then the central authority breaks down and and localized uh, networks reemerge. Mm -hmm. You know, and th that's yes. the natural. Our nature is ever present. It's it's right there. Yes, cooperation, it's right there. not competition. You know, and I think these. But Mm -hmm. You think the rednecks in the United States think like that? Well, here's the thing: the I, militias, I, the the the, the neo-Nazis, the ones with the AR-15. I think they. You have to look at where they're coming from, and are they going to help each other out? I I'm think, not sure. Have you seen the um, documentary? Ah, I can't remember something kindness. It's by a guy, Daryl Davis, or it's about a man named Daryl Davis. He was a musician. Never heard of him. A jazz musician. He's black, and he grew up in the '50s and '60s. And then, as he his parents were diplomats, and they traveled around. And when he came back to America, he was in a Boy Scouts parade, and they were throw and people in the crowd threw bottles and bricks. Mm -hmm. And then he was hit by one, and when yeah. he woke up, he um, 
he asked his parents what happened. Why were they throwing bricks at us? And then his parents said, um, "There's a cat on the table. <laughs> there's uh, there are people. The parents told him there's people in this world who will hate you because you're black because mm-hmm. of the way you look." And he didn't he didn't understand. He was about I think nine years old or eight years old. And after that time, that question stayed with him. And as a touring musician later in his I think twenties or so. He played a country um, country club, like a country western music club in some rural part of America. And some a, a man invited him to his table and said, "Hey, you are uh, you're really good, you know. You play just like Jerry Lee Lewis." And he said, "Well, Jerry Lee Lewis is uh, I play like Duke Ellington. Duke, Jerry Lee Lewis just copied everything Duke, Duke Ellington did." And he said, "No, no, you know." And and he, later he said, "Like." You know, next time you're in town, let me know. I want to invite my friends. So he came back, let him knew, let him know. He invited his friends, and they turned out to be clans members, KKK members. Damn. Yeah. And they all said, you know, this guy's very good. Um, and the original man, um, I think they they weren't so, you know, they, they said, oh, he's black, so they weren't so interested. But the original man stayed in touch, and he told him. After the show, I think he's like, I, you know what? We're we're all KKK members. We're all clansmen. And um, Daryl, the, the the musician, was very surprised. And then he said, "Can we meet? Can I can I meet you at your home, or can we meet somewhere and and talk?" And and then they they met, and he brought like the KKK guy brought his um, brought his uh, bodyguard, and it was a very tense meeting. And at one point, this ice broke. Like they, they were in a restaurant or something in the back of a restaurant, and this, this big chunk of ice broke, and it sounded like a gunshot or something mm-hmm. like a. And so they, everyone jumped. The bodyguard, the the, the, the two at the table, and and they all thought like we're they're here to kill. We're here to kill yes. it. You know, they have secret agendas. You know, yes. and then when they realized it was just the ice breaking, they both they all laughed. Yes. Everyone laughed. Everyone had this release of the tension and they realized, oh, we, you know, uh-huh. this guy ain't so bad. He's not here to kill me and yes. ain't here to kill me. And they became such good friends that he left the KKK. Uh-huh. And he ended up being friends with many KKK members and white supremacists who yes. left their organization. So I think there's... it's it's There is real power in... Um, and not in in, in in knowing that there is another human on the other side. There's people an... people are afraid of what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Look at Germany. The people who vote for the racist party, Alternative for Deutschland, those are the people who have the fewest percentage of foreigners, of minorities, of Muslims in their provinces. Yeah. It's uh, they don't know. And so there was this one dude who, a uh, leftist, who went to a, a demonstration by the neo-Nazis. Um, and so he just asked random people for fun. Uh, and he asked this guy with a bald head and, uh, you know, those jackets that those people wear. Like, uh, yeah, do you actually know any foreign people? And he's like, yeah, I know this Turkish guy. He has a kebab down the road. And you're like, guy, yeah, what right? is... What what about him? Is and he was like, yeah, this guy he's okay, right? If right. all the other people would be like him, I would I would not be I would not have any trouble. And so the the reporter asked him, so you know anybody else? And he said no. And the reporter was like, so 100% of all the foreigners that you know are actually pretty decent people. Right. <laughs> and the guy just it's like a, not like something 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 happens out of right. his brain. He he went like, Whoa. and then he just continued walking. 
They're, nah, they're, it's the people they are afraid of what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Once they get to know it, I don't think that there's going to be that much. Well, I think it's misplaced trouble. resentment. And like you, like we were saying earlier, it, it hurts to be in that in that world. It hurts to have to go to a job that you don't like. It hurts to have to pay taxes. Pay to, rent. Rent, yeah. Why the fuck do you even have to pay rent exactly. for, man? You were born on this planet. Aren't you allowed to just exist without paying money? Like uh, every bird makes a nest and, and lives yes. for free. And we have to pay rent and make money. So it's misplaced feelings of injustice. And mm-hmm. it's those things are taken for granted. Like, oh, I have to pay rent. That's taken for granted. But mm-hmm. people like your, yourself and myself have said, well, I'm, I'm not willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. But they have. You know, it was beaten into them. And it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. It really was beaten into them. Yes. If they... If, if in school you decided not to go to school, your parents put you back, you disobey, eventually there's physical force would be used Definitely. against your parents and Civilization against Civilization is based on violence. So to try, try to stop paying your rents and the violence will come knocking at your door. Right. They will evict the shit out of you, yeah. man. They were, they're going to beat you up if you don't want to leave. So the, those, the people who you described who are saying, you know, uh, I don't want immigrants, like I hate immigrants, they're terrible, uh, and, and yet, oh, this guy's great, he's my friend, you know, mm-hmm. we chat all the time, we play cards. That, I think that would be alleviated by creating at least the universal basic income to where that, that it takes the edge off, mm-hmm. you know, and it recreates this this uh, equal access to resources that hunter-gatherers have. At least, it's a step. And I think it's a huge step at, at this point compared to what we've been living in where people think they have to fight each other for, for resources. Mm-hmm. In the hunter-gatherer life, the reason why authority doesn't work is because... You cannot take anything away from yeah, the people if they don't I can own go, anything. Yeah, yes. I can go climb a tree... And feed myself. Yes, I can. Everybody go has catch the some skills fish. necessary to survive. Since they're about seven years old. Yes. And so that's what's, yeah. That's what's missing in in our world. And because if we can they teach that. the kids to be dependent on the system, not to be independent from it. If you yes. want to be independent, you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to learn it yourself, and it's not it's not not always easy. Right? There is a lot of. <laughs> Uh, hitting rock, rock bottom involved and in trying to figure things out yourself. They call it the school of hard knocks. <laughs> well, I was surprised how much you, you read up on um, some similar things that I've read up on yesterday, like the um, the Samai mm-hmm. in Malaysia, the indigenous group there, and how they don't um, they don't restrict their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many people, many many indigenous people mm-hmm. do that. No? They have absolutely no limits. Do whatever you like. Catch some, uh, get me, get me some firewood. The kid says no, and they're like, all right, then I get it myself. Yeah, and yeah. in the West they're like, <laughs> yeah, you will listen to me. <laughs> yes. And it's it's a it's a reflection of state authority. Yes. Did you did you did you read? Do you know James Scott? James C. Scott. Um, the name sounds familiar, but uh, he wrote Against the Grain. That's his latest book, uh, no. Deep History of the Earliest States. He wrote a great book. I actually I made a list on my phone of books. 
and I tried to upload them into a Dropbox folder, but the internet here is slow as fuck. So we're, we're on a big, we're on a mountain here. And yes. So uh, maybe we can, I can send them to you via Bluetooth. Sure. sure. Uh, it's like 20 books. So yeah, this one, this guy, James Scott, he's on the list, and man, you're gonna love his stuff. All right. He wrote another book. It's a little bit earlier than than the the, 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 the against the grain. It's called. Uh, the art of not being governed. Ah, I, I, the Zomia. Yes, Zomia. and the subtitle is an, uh, an anarchist history of upland Southeast Asia. And he like picks apart the standard narrative of mm -hmm. the civilized people came and everybody was happy and they started agriculture and got rich. But he said, well, some people not did not like want that. that. Yes, yeah. and yes, so. I, it's I've read the um, the abs uh, the uh, summary ah, okay. and reviews of it. Yeah. Dude, the whole book is just incredible, man. It's definitely worth the time. It's a little bit dry at times because he writes for University Press. Oxford I University read those Press. things. So. Okay, uh, very good. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, my, my brother was the one who recommended it to me because he studied ethnology mm. in Germany and they had to read the book for a class. I've read, I've read ethnography, so... Yes. Yeah, sometimes it can be a bit dry, but... Um, yes, he makes... He, makes he, he is a good writer, really. And the, the, his latest book, Against the Grain, is even better. I read it three times already because I love it so much. It's a little bit less dry, a little bit less scientific, and it's like a movie in your head, what he's creating, oh, about Mesopotamia and what went, went wrong in that time. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm going to send them to you, man. You're going to have a lot to read. Yeah, after right this now I'm, um, I'm reading a, a, a book about new science about biology, which is... Which one? Uh, it's called Regenerate by Sayer G. I have the audiobook. I'll share my audiobook account with you. Okay. Yes, fuck you, Amazon. Do you know Daniel Quinn? Daniel Quinn. Uh, no. Why? Who is Daniel Quinn? He's the guy that changed my life. Hey, tell me. He he's an author. He he died two years three years ago. Uh, he was old. Um, so this dude he wrote three books. Actually, he wrote more than that. But the three books are the important books. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't be where I am doing what I do, knowing what I know without him without those books the first book is called Ishmael mm -hmm. and it's a little ridiculous my friend in the has beginning. told me about this book it's like a gorilla and the gorilla is telepathic and mm -hmm. he can talk to people and he tells the people the human world looks like this and that and uh, from an outside perspective yeah? and uh, it's uh, once you get once you get used to this alright you use a gorilla which is a little bit ridiculous some people they, they, they don't like it they, they read in there like a talking gorilla and they throw it away mm -hmm. but it's not about this it's about the dialogue between them uh, he just creates this figure this gorilla um, to have somebody who is outside of the human culture of who is not a human and who, like uh, at first when he, he thought about uh, writing the book about an alien mm -hmm. who observes the earth from outer space and then goes down and talks to the people and has like the whole picture hey we've been looking at your planet for a hundred thousand years and why did you change so much and this and that so uh, this is a book that uh, everybody who, who I know that read it said uh, it's like a new chapter in their life mm -hmm. uh, it's they, 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 they talk about the time before they right. read this book and after they read this book uh, my brother read it my mother read it my father read it everybody in my family read it my mom actually sent the books and paper so that we have them here okay. at the farm. Um, I just got a message a few weeks ago from a friend in Germany and she wrote me like, Dave, I'm so excited, I don't know, I read this book right now and it's yeah. completely changing my life, do you know? I was like, yeah, I recommended it to you a few months ago. Did you see that? And she was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I feel that way about Harry Potter. Uh-huh. 
No, I, I don't. I've actually never read Harry Potter. Oh, really? No, I was just joking. Okay. But I, that book sounds really good. Dude. I, I will definitely read it. Dude, it, it is, it like is a, so easy to read. Something that I would definitely like. It is, it is not knowledge. It is not data. It is not charts and tablets and studies. But it is things that everybody knows, things that everybody mm. feels. It is just connecting the dots. And he talks about civilization on one side, people who think that they're better than nature, mm -hmm. and the original human life on the other side, people who are part of nature, who are humble, and who know that they are not above, but that they are part of nature. Mm -hmm. And so, he, it's a, yeah, man, I don't want to talk too much okay. about it, because it's a whole different subject. I, I will and read it's best it, if you, and we'll, I'll, I'll call you after. And yes, say, really, man. Hey, I read this book, you have to read this book. <laughs> it's really good. It's going to change your life. Really, man, it is, uh, that book is absolutely But incredible. Tell me, tell me what you're doing here. Like, You you read that book and now you're in the forest here. Yes. Planting trees. Yes. Yes, I, I realized that, uh, and it, it was it was not only this book, of course. It was a long journey until I got here, and it was not only books, but it was also people who influenced me, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, what what he makes perfectly clear is that the way that the people down there are living is destroying the planet. They think that they are the smartest species on the planet, but they poison the, the water that they drink, the food that they eat, the air that they breathe. So there is nothing more stupid than that. Huh? So uh, it's a self-eliminating strategy, what they are pursuing. Huh? And uh, they talk a lot about sustainability, but they only think within this framework. Now he calls it the great forgetting, that they don't care about the Pleistocene, they don't care about the Stone Age, they don't care about the few primitive exist people. To them. Yeah, yeah, it's like outside of their sphere. Um, And if they don't consider that, if they don't consider 97% of our species' history, then they will never find their way out. They will never figure out what is wrong, what went wrong, when did it go wrong, and why. And they will never be able to solve it. They will talk and they will run in circles and they will twitch a little bit here, make it a little bit better there and have a little innovation over here and it will not it will not be the breakthrough you know and uh, yeah after reading Daniel Quinn uh, you have a good idea and he puts it into great words as well he's a, he, he's a, he's very very good at taking the most complex thoughts and like distilling them into a, a few sentences and make it sound very beautiful so yeah it's a book it's like uh, yeah it gets people going it gets, it gives people a direction it's what what so many people of our age are feeling or felt in the past since we were teenagers or maybe even children ever since we started asking questions there were so many questions and nobody seems to be able to answer them right yeah why do we have to destroy the planet mm -hmm. to live? is that really normal you look at other animals they don't destroy the environment no, they, or they eat yes they walk yes mm -hmm. but not more than that so why why are we the weird ones why are we the outsiders why 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 does it seem that everything we do is somehow bad and we have to feel the guilt that we were talking about mm. before yeah and so yeah he is uh, he's he, he shows that it is first of all it is not our fault it is not humans who are the problem It is one single culture that is the problem. And he says the culture is not East versus West, but he says it's a global culture 
Because whether you go to China or to the United States, people want to make money. People think that they have the right to own land, to destroy nature, to make a profit for themselves. So he puts all those cultures into the same basket and he says, this is one culture, just for convenience. Of course, there's differences. They listen to different music, they wear different clothes, and even that's changing. But uh, the, the fundamental aspect of this global Economically. culture... Yes, is the same. And so people think that there's no alternative, but in fact there is. But people forget that because you cannot learn anything from those dirty savages it, who live in the forest. It's an it's a it's a taboo almost. Exactly. I I, I sp and if you talk about it, then like Lindsay, uh, people accuse you of romanticizing. Yes. Indigenous people or romanticizing the past. Yeah. And that is usually what people say, uh, who think it is more grown up to romanticize the future. It's the same mindset. It's the same, and yes. but I don't it's blame accepted. her. I don't it's blame her for accepted. saying this because I heard it many times, and I know that it is not really her own thought, but it is cultural programming. It is, it is so much cultural yes. programming. It's automatic. Yes. And then your queen calls it mother culture. People who have is, have so little knowledge of what we call indigenous people or uh, jungle people people who live in uh, hunter-gatherer ways, mm -hmm. they make these statements that are so un untrue, mm -hmm. completely false. Mm -hmm. There's... Um, mm, you know what she said yesterday? She said, you know, um, I think you're romanticizing a lot because... Uh, they were like headhunters and cannibals, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to open up that right. box. I didn't want to j jump in her face because I just met her and she gave me durian, mm -hmm. so I want to be the nice guy. I just said, oh, okay. She'll listen but, to this uh, later and uh, punch okay. her and prick her voodoo doll. If you... mm. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm gonna hurt <laughs> all night long. It. No. But what I was proposing, I didn't say we all have to become cannibals or headhunters. That is not the issue. Mm -hmm. If people do it and they like doing it, let them do it. It's not. It's not. I mean, we don't have to become exactly like them. It's as absurd as the argument that in the future we all have to get microchipped in our brains. Mm. We don't. That's that's that is a possibility, <laughs> and it wouldn't. And even if it happens, it wouldn't be universal. Mm -hmm. the, there were headhunters, but they are just as different from the egalitarian hunter-gatherers that we're talking about. And another thing that I would and, like to, that mm -hmm. I would have, would have liked to told her in that moment, um, most of those stories are terribly exaggerated. Eh? It is, uh, a lot of this bullshit comes from the, from the Spanish and the Portuguese who went to South America and who just looked for an ex excuse to justify their slaughter. So they invented all those terrible things and they went back and they told it, oh, they eat other people and they kill each other all the time. And they were like, oh, this is so horrible. We have to change them. Now, so a lot of this stuff, you cannot even believe it because it's the people who were who, who There were motives. It. There were motives. Uh, yes. Economic motives. Yes. For, um, it's propaganda. It's war propaganda. You, you, you make your opponent look like he's not even human. Huh? There, there was a lot of head hunting in Southeast Asia, though. Every here and there, yes. <laughs> there was a lot in Taiwan. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, in yes. Borneo, but not everyone in Borneo did it. That's there's yes. the Penan who and the actually I think only one group engaged in headhunting in uh, what is now Sarawak, and mm -hmm. everyone else didn't, and that kind of sucked for them. Yes, and it's like why do you have to go headhunt? You're like that yes. bully. Like, Stop! <laughs> We're all having a good time. Stop doing this. Leave my head on, please. But then to to the outside eye, you know, to the to the civilized eye. Mm -hmm. But you could you could say that that group was. Uh, 
more civilized than the other. Mm -hmm. but that's the semantics. But anyway, so yeah. the, the modern, what we consider modern industrial um, mind, all those people are the same, and headhunting was mm -hmm. rampant. Yes. But uh, here's a, it's, it's, um, what was I thinking? I'm trying to gather my thoughts. I need to light up, bro. Yeah, could you light me? Thank you. Yes. So, so even even if those people, another thing that Lindsay said is, uh, if like in Papua New Guinea, New Guinea, there is those people who eat family members after they die mm -hmm. because they have this, they have the, the idea is universal among hunter gatherers that what you eat is bec mm, becomes, becomes part you. of who you are. I mean, it's it's yes. also and scientific. So it's a it's a very beautiful thought actually. You know? But she said, yeah, but you know, it's something about proteins and how it's going to fuck their bodies up in the future. Um, and uh, you're recording all the time. Yeah, it was, it was the whole point. I'm, I'm trashing her here. That's what I said. Trash talking. I can cut that out. Okay, no, I don't mean any offense. Um, but it's we just get this something from that everyone. I hear all the time. Me too, and I was gonna. Uh, I, was I going hear to... it, I get it all the damn time. So, uh, if she said this protein thing, yes, if you eat human beings, then over many generations it leads to I don't know what kind of genetic defects mm -hmm. and uh, people are. Nah? And I, I said, yes, but uh, then those people are just gonna die out nah? if you wait a hundred thousand years. They are not gonna exist. Yeah. Nah? Every tribe is different because diversity creates stability, mm -hmm. creates resilience. The more diverse human cultures are, the more of them will survive whatever is coming our way. If everybody lives one way that is completely dependent on oil, and the oil is gone, this way will completely collapse and it will be a disaster in many aspects. Yeah? So, But if there is so many different people who live so many different lives, if one lifestyle stops working because they have some genetic defects, it disappears. And all the others are completely unaffected. Yeah? So they experiment. Now, maybe the people who don't have genetic defects in the future, they will understand. And they will be like, yeah, maybe we should <laughs> stop that or do it like the Yanomami. The Yanomami, they burn the bodies first and then mm -hmm. they eat the ashes. That's completely safe. Uh, mix the ashes in kind of soup. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, it is. It is not something that when when, when I talk about uh, I think I am, I'm jumping between topics a little bit. Daniel Quinn he said there is always people who ac who accuse you of uh, romanticizing mm -hmm. primitive people. Yes, and he said there is. If you tell the people, why does a herd of buffalo work so well for the buffalo? Why does a pot of whales work so well for the whales? Why does a flock of birds work so well for the birds? They are very interested. They're like, oh yeah, that's cool. They, look a uh, they watch a documentary and they're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Huh? They have this kind of social organization and it works for them because they're still here, they're surviving and they're thriving. But then you say... Oh yeah, and humans, they live in egalitarian bands, yeah. and they're like, oh no, 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 you're romanticizing <laughs> yeah. them. That's so true. It works for human beings. I never said that it is perfect. Now, there is Life should not be perfect. If life would be perfect, it would be boring. Now, and the primitive way of life is not perfect, but it works. And nature evolution doesn't select for perfection. It, it, select for, it selects for what works. If it works, it's good enough. If they do some crazy stuff, they do some head hunting. They eat people. It's okay. It's their culture. They do it. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, it still works for them because they're still here. They still live uh, the way that they lived for many hundred years or maybe even thousand years, um, and they don't destroy the environment. So why 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 do you point your finger at them and say that those people they're evil? They do this and that. Yeah? 
I can t completely relate. I've had that. I'm going to say that next time when someone tells me I'm romanticizing. And it happens less and less because I just <laughs> mention it less to people I realize yes. aren't are yes. going to tell me that. So, yes. But the women folk it's have uh, cooked food. And yes. and uh, we'll do a timeout here. And maybe after we'll see a bit of the uh, the trees around here, the plants. Yes. Okay. It is recording. Okay, thank you for saying that. This time I'm gonna be more careful. Don't be careful. As to not offend anybody. Well, then you'll then you won't say anything. That's true. It's very then, hard these days to say something without offending anybody. Then you offend someone by being quiet. Yes, I like it though. I people offend me all the time, but I don't care. People care too much about being offended. Everybody has so, so strict with their opinion, you know. Everybody is so these days. The people they. Everybody has such a strong opinion and it is so polarized that the people... It's very difficult to have normal conversations anymore. Now, mm. Even within a political spectrum. I used to be a leftist. I used to be a communist. Mm -hmm. When I was like in high school in Germany, uh, I, I was a, a radical communist. I went to demonstrations and things like that. But within the left, within the, oh. the leftists... It got so divided, mm -hmm. because there there is those people who care only about uh, trans people and gays and lesbians, and, uh, and then there's other people who say, dudes, we have a different problem. Mm -hmm. The rich people are the number one problem that we have here. Right. It's a class war, don't, don't forget that. There is uh, gay people that are rich, there's black people that are rich, there's women that are rich, so that's the first and foremost thing we have to solve. And so those guys keep arguing, and if somebody tells them that uh, we should... We should go back to the Stone Age. All hell breaks loose, and they say, oh, You're crazy. "You want people to die? You're an ableist scumbag. You want what? What about the people who depend on modern medicine? Uh, how how beautiful would it be if national parks somewhere said, you know, we're we're rethinking the national park. We created this unnatural natural place." Without yeah, humans, I, exactly. Yes. The the natural place we had in mind was was one that was uh, free of human influence. But that's sort of a it it puts the realm of humans as inherently destructive. Exactly. The, the, humans live in the city, yeah. and uh, the forest is something else. And you humans who aren't destructive, well, we can't have you there because well, you you're hunting disprove animals. Our, you disprove our theory. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> Yes. You actually, uh... yes, it's very dangerous. They show an alternative yeah. that is actually good. No? If mm -hmm. uh, if people see that and they're no, if you learn a little bit about it, oh, they have more free time than we do. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's you, uh, you must follow um, or be aware of the organization Survival International. Yeah. Survival International, of course. My mom and my brother are donors. They oh, okay. Donate money all the time. Good. So my I sister, my, when she buys me a present, she always donates to Survival. Yes. In my name. Yes. So. It's a good thing. I really love those guys. Yeah, I think it's great. They give a lot of shit to the big, uh, uh, to to World Wildlife Fund, mm -hmm. WWF, and all those people because they evict primitive people from mm -hmm. their lands in India. Now they yeah. pay like uh, paramilitaries to go in there and kick them out of the forest very violently because they say that they are, uh, yeah, destructive. Humans are inherently destructive. Look, those people, they shoot animals. They must yeah. be destructive too. They cut down, <laughs> they cut leaves. Yes. I mean, the, this is how disconnected people are. I, I went to, um, I was in the city in Toronto 
And mm-hmm. uh, it was a beautiful late summer day, and there was all these cherries mm-hmm. on a tree, and then there were two girls picking them, only the ones they could reach. So mm-hmm. I said, here, I'll help you. I climbed up the tree, mm-hmm. started picking cherries, and there were branches just full of cherries. Uh-huh. So I just snipped the branch and got a whole bunch of cherries. Yes. I brought them down, and they're like, you're hurting the tree. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not yes. how... Like, I was like, it's like a little haircut. Yes. I, I, there, okay, there's three or four leaves that came with those cherries, but, mm. I mean... That's how dis- that's the disconnect. Yes. You know? And and meanwhile, they'll buy something in a styrofoam pack mm-hmm. and yes. throw it away. Yes. And they've they've clearly never seen elephants eating fr- <laughs> eating fruit. No? Oh. It's a it's a, a little bit different. They don't break only one branch. No? <laughs> if there's a lot of fruit, they just pull. <laughs> and um, the the batik and other Orlong Asli groups in Malaysia. Uh-huh. They cut down fruit They'll trees. cut a whole tree yes. down just to get Same the fruit. Same as the Penan. Yes, Bruno Manza talked about that too. Even for Bruno Manza, it was a very difficult thing. You know, he always, he, he always, he said, oh, guys, don't do it, man. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful tree. And they were like, bang, bang, <laughs> with a big axe, felling the whole tree. But the thing is, it is all about population density, mm-hmm. right? Because if you have only a few people living in a huge territory yeah. like the Penan used to inhabit, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. You know, then afterwards, all the seeds that yeah. survive the pinan and the wild pigs and everybody else who mm-hmm. wants the seeds they have a lot of light so mm-hmm. you will have a lot of fruit trees growing they will be a lot easier to access a lot easier too. to access mm-hmm. right you don't have to cut them down so it's a it's not like they are damaging uh, nature on a, on a large scale you and, know? But and if you take humans as a component of of a natural system, mm-hmm. just the way you would an elephant or a bear, mm-hmm. uh, who has a seemingly destructive behavior, but that that helps the overall whole exactly. of the system. Then that behavior yes. most likely has so many benefits and is part yes. of the millions of years of evolution or yes. or coexistence of those species yes. together. A lot of ecosystems thrive a lot if you disturb them a little bit every now and then. Mm-hmm. Huh? It's a uh, it works very well. I, uh, the book that we just read, Braiding Sweetgrass, mm-hmm. with uh, with Gan, uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer, she writes about a lot of examples from North America where people harvested trees. And she's like, she's a plant scientist. I don't know, botanist, ethnobotanist. She uh, learned many things. And so she does studies on that. She looks at sweetgrass. She, she makes one plot that is not being harvested, another plot that is being harvested by cutting, another mm-hmm. plot that is being harvested by pulling, and she looks at how does it work over the years, how does it develop. Sweetgrass grows best when you harvest it. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, the, 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 the conservationist approach from WWF, where humans get out, just yeah. let the plants be, the plants will die. Take nothing but pictures term. and yes. leave nothing but footprints. Exactly. It's, it's kind of, it's such a ridiculous uh, yes. concept. And th- sometimes I think about the perspective of someone who's lived in the industrial world, mm-hmm. the technology world, looking at the the nature, the natural humans world and, and how little they, we know or they know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know a little. We've a done little our little. research. So yes. we, we got a glimpse in. Yes, we scratched but, the surface. Yeah. <laughs> and 
how little does that person know and assume about that world? Yes. And uh, how little the... And, and other ways around. So, like, the, the arrogance of the person saying, well, you know, they're primitive. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're talking to plants. Well, the plants don't know. They, yes. Why are they... They think they can communicate with plants or... <laughs> it's... it's um, I it's always tell them, arrogant. you should try. Yeah. You should just try. Give it a try and see what happens. Amazing things can happen if you just start believing, if you actually start trying. But it's, it's a very arrogant position to mm-hmm. be in. And it, it's much healthier for us all if we were just if there was a space for both worlds you know if I mean there's way too much space for the the industrial one oh yes and uh, if only it could start with Mm -hmm. this like the natural places if you're going to control humans if you're going to control all humans the way the state does Mm -hmm. within its borders at least create a the allowance for people to be in natural places that practice natural yes. ways of living. There is a, a woman who writes for the Bangkok Post, Sanutsida Ikachai is her name, and she writes in English, uh, she writes great opinion pieces, mm. and she is an activist for the rights of the Korean hill people mm. who live in the forest and who get a lot of shit from the rangers. Now, Billy, this guy where Amnesty International made such a big deal, you know, the, the, the guy who, he, he is a member of this community of Korean people, and he got caught in the forest with honey, mm. they harvested some honey, and so they abducted him, they probably tortured him, and mm. they dumped his body somewhere, and oh. nobody, so yeah. That's so, terrible. She writes a lot about this issue that the uh, now it is it is exactly this story. It is they're trying to push the the narrative of humans being inherently destructive. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I always get, and this is if you talk to people who know a little bit, who did their homework, one thing that always comes up is uh, places seen overkill. Mm. You heard about that? Yeah, of course. They always yeah. say that. Yes. So yeah, uh, but what about the giant ground sloth? Yeah. What about the mammals? Huh? Mm-hmm. So humans hunted them to extinction. Yeah. Huh? So humans are very cruel, and they only destroy the environment. And don't think. And you say, so wait, 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 wait. How many species, and over what period of mm-hmm. time? And if you crunch the numbers, you'll get like an extinction rate of. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if I remember it right. I don't want to lie, but it's somewhere between uh, one or two species per thousand years. Per thousand with, years with sticks and stones, basically. Yes. And over a time of so many generations, yeah. So that for the the first generation that uh, that encountered the giant ground sloth in abundance, and the last generation, uh, not, it, it is almost not perceptible for the people from one generation to the mm-hmm. next. Then, of course, there is the thing with uh, the climate change that was happening at that mm-hmm. time that made it a lot harder for those huge mammals to survive. Right. As the climate got a little warmer, you know, everything got more swampy. But the people don't like this idea. They focus on the idea humans hunted them in, uh, into extinction mm-hmm. because humans are bad. And uh, another thing that I that I say about this is, well, humans at that time, they were just another predator. Right, so if a predator moves to a new continent, which happened a lot in the past, some animals gotta go. The ones that are very slow, the ones that are very delicious, the ones that are not afraid, for example, 
Uh, those are the ones to go first. And there is a thing like a natural extinction rate and then there is a thing that we are doing right now uh, where you have estimates of 30 species per day, where you have estimates of 200 species per day, depending on the study, depending on whom you want to believe in. But even 30-something species per day, that's the number of the WWF. Uh, that's like uh, 10,000 species per year who go extinct. So comparing that what people call the Pleistocene overkill yeah. or extinction, it's ridiculous, you know. It is uh, obvious that there is a, one kind of human culture that is very destructive, inherently destructive, uh, and there is another human culture, or many different human cultures, that are not at all. Mm -hmm. huh? And those, those people that were around at that time, they were animists. Mm -hmm. They believed in... I mean, it, they must have, they almost had to It's have believed in the being part of the system. Yes, not only almost have to, it's, it's what naturally happens. Yes, it's what naturally yes. happens. Leave people alone, mm -hmm. and that's what happens. Mm -hmm. and that's what happens with us, by the way. Mm -hmm. I, I, if you I, garden like this, I was not spiritual, or I was not uh, anywhere where I am right now, just five years ago. I, I came out of a society where Christianity is over. People don't believe in that anymore. Teenagers don't buy it anymore. So you just believe in nothing. Mm -hmm. What happens after death? Well, that's just it. The lights yeah. go out and uh, it's over. Yeah? And I think I think this is one of the... one Not the only one, but one of the major aspects that leads to so much mental illnesses Depression. among teenagers. Mm -hmm. Depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because what a sad way to look at the world. Yes. You just live and then you die and then it's over and there's nothing. You're just in a material soup. Mm -hmm. Yes. A random material soup. Yes. What's interesting is that new science I'm, and I'm not a scientist like a scientist or a science promoter, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, it's the the narrative that you that we're it's our religion. Mm -hmm. It's this yes. the it's the techno industrial definitely civilization religion. Are the priests they tell the truth, yeah. the one truth, yeah. capital T. If you say uh, research shows or scientists mm -hmm. say, then mm -hmm. you know you're basically. I say that a lot, by the way, because otherwise people don't <laughs> listen to yeah. you. That's right. If I say the trees told me, they're like, yeah, what? <laughs> But the, the new scientist research shows mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that... Um, Here we go. That must be the truth. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, because scientists told me. <laughs> they said uh, a lot of it reflects animist belief or animist knowledge. Of course. Animist observation. Yes. Yeah. One of the first observations, uh, I think I read that on, on our website somewhere... Uh, you are what you eat, mm -hmm. and not only in a in a materialistic way, uh, but also in a spiritual way. Now I use the example of uh, you eat a pig from a factory farm, and it will make you unhealthy, obviously, if you eat a lot of it, huh? yeah, and you will become like the pig. Now you will feel trapped. You will feel no. You will not have any freedom if you eat food like that. You'll be afraid. No? You'll be afraid. Exactly. You will suffer. So if you if you shoot a squirrel, trap a squirrel, you eat a free animal, it makes you feel free. It makes you feel healthy, it makes you feel strong. 
Yeah, so it is not only the nutrition that goes over into your body, but something of the being that you consume. And it's the same for plants, by the way. I, I don't make this all about animals, but it is the same with plants. Yeah? If I eat uh, GMO bread, GMO soybean or whatever from a field of plants that are all the same, exact same genetics, sprayed with herbicides, insecticides, fungicides, whatever, uh, no life in the soil, no no fungi, no mucorrhizae, you know, no connection to each other, no connection to other beings, nothing. It's like a fucking concentration camp, man. So, of, of course, if you eat food like that, you're going to be unhappy too. You're going to feel like you're in a prison, in a concentration camp. Huh? It's a... Uh, if you eat wild trees on the other side, if you eat wild plants, it's uh, it's the biggest freedom there is. No? I had a, an experience in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. I went on a... There was a native person, and he took he takes youth into the mountains, mm -hmm. and he talks to them, teaches them about uh, his culture mm -hmm. from the Taya, mm -hmm. Taya people. Mm -hmm. And he went... He's kind of loose. It's very loose. And when I say teach, he you know tells oh this happened here and oh yeah we eat this, but mm -hmm. it's no real program. Um, I think he gets money from the government for doing it, so that mm -hmm. helps him. They're doing something he would do anyway, just mm -hmm. going in the forest. And uh, there was he met up. He he met up another member of his uh, group in the forest. And they, he said, oh, yeah, I'm going fishing, guys. <laughs> left us alone for a bit. <laughs> so I fall, and we were all watching, and then I, I was like, can I, can I try it? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he had this spear, which was attached to a rubber band, which he wrapped around his thumb. Uh -huh. And this, the spear had, like, four prongs. Mm -hmm. And then you, you pull it back. Ah. So, yeah. Yes, so you, I you saw hold teenagers. It, oh, it's great. Entire, you hold yes. it near the, the head, mm -hmm. and then... We had goggles on and a basket mm -hmm. to keep the fish. Yes. And we went into this river. Yes. And I'm looking for fish, and I did it. It was, I, it was so visceral. I was yes. just in it. Yes. I was, I was looking at fish. I was yes. diving a little bit. It wasn't that deep. It was only chest high. But yes. And then you'd shoot the fish, and you get one, and it's wriggling. And you, I stuffed them in this basket. He had like 20. I had three <laughs> or four. But then yes. we we cooked those fish and. I never, I, I felt that, like, mm -hmm. I never felt that I tasted a fish so mm -hmm. good. Yes, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, when thing. you hunt thing yourself, yeah. and you eat thing, uh, cook them yourself, it's feel different. Yes. It's completely different feeling. Yes, it is also the wild animals eat only the best food. Ne? Mm -hmm. Animals in captivity, they eat whatever they, whatever people give them. Mm. So they don't have a choice. Ne? But wild animals, they eat only what they really like. Only the best of the best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a it's a whole different kind of nutrition. And for uh, one thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately, uh, and I'm, I want to make more observations about this, and I, I really I need to think about it more before before I talk about it. But uh, I'm just gonna. So well, you're clearly not doing that right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, it's it, a lot of vegetarians are going to be super offended by this, and they're going to say, "What delusional idiot that Don't is!" Even, just yes. this isn't so, a podcast for vegetarians. Okay. Anyway, so. so yeah, so when I when I when I kill an animal, and I look the animal in the face in the moment the animal dies, 
It happened when I when I killed the monitor lizard the other day. It happened with a bird before. We 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 shot like a wonderful malcoha with a long tail. Uh, a very beautiful bird. I wounded it first shot. Uh, so it it was too, it was wounded too bad. It went to the ground and I went up close to give it to finish it off. Um, and the look in the face of an animal, a wild animal that knows it's about to die. It is like the fear disappears. It is a calm look on the face. It looks you right in the eye. And it's 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 a kind of acceptance. It's like, all right, he, he or she knows that it's over. This is it. I'm going to be food. Now it's my turn. And there is no more flight instinct. There is no more reason to fight. Nah? You, the, the animal sees the human animal approaching. And... It's a, it's a little bit of a magic moment almost, now because it's so intimate. Mm -hmm. You take another life, and of course that makes you feel sad, and it makes you feel... Now you, you always feel bad, when, whatever you kill, whether it's an animal and, uh, or a plant or whatever. Mm -hmm. so, uh, but there is the, I, I have a feeling that there is no more fear in the final moments, that it is a very deep connection that you make. Now? And uh, the other day, <laughs> the other day somebody uh, somebody told me that uh, uh, yeah, it's very easy to say for humans because uh, we're the top predators. Nobody kills humans. Now you can say that yes because uh, you you know that you're not going to be eaten. He said. Ne? I said, well, there is still a few tigers left on the Cambodian side, ne? which is not so far away. And I I said when I am old. Uh, and I cannot climb trees as fast as I do now. I cannot run as fast as I do now. And I start becoming a burden for the people around me. Oh, somebody has to carry grandpa again. You know, that sucks. So if I get killed by a tiger, that's a, an excellent way to go for me. That would be the greatest honor, you know, being food for another mammal that is even bigger than I am, even stronger than I am. It's a, it's a fast way to go. It's better than cancer. It's better than a lot of other diseases. It is, it is better than not being able to walk for, I don't know how many years, you know, shitting your pants. So it's a, it's a clean way to go. And it is, yeah, it is, it is part of the contract, right? You take life and maybe your life will be taken too in the future. So if... Not just maybe, you will... My life will be taken, yeah, whatever it, it will be, I will get eaten. Maybe it's maggots, maybe it's cockroaches, maybe it's the cats, maybe it's a tiger. I hope it's a tiger. It's real. If uh, the whole thing goes down in time, maybe the tigers here still have a chance. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, it is part of the deal. It is, it is somehow... You, 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 you are food. Everything is food. Everybody is food. And everybody eats. Mm. It is just like a cycle. So if people only eat and are not food themselves, mm. it's unfair. The the contract, the ancient contract is broken, you know. It's not the, the, the good predator-prey relationship. Yes, I've thought a lot about this. It's a very intimate moment. I had... Um, when I uh, caught those fish... I had the feeling too, and there's that um, it was like these are for you, the mountain, the fish, the river, mm -hmm. the um, the moment. He said these these are for you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, these are for you guys to have this experience to eat those fish. Yes. And uh, I'm sure some of it was, um, you know, my imagination. But what is imagination, right? Yes. Imagination <laughs> is uh, divine. Where yes, where's the border? Yeah. So. Yes. And I'm sure there's people will say, well, you're anthropomorphizing nature, ah. right? But yes, <laughs> yes, that's what they always well, say. <laughs> but whether I am or whether I'm not. I mean, this person who has had that experience doesn't want to burn plastic, get plastic bags anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put things in plastic bags and throw the plastic bag away anymore. Mm-hmm. So, whether I made it up, which is where does that come from? From the mm-hmm. divine, right? <laughs> from from nothing. Yes. Or whether the the forest really told me that that this yes. is for you and gave me that. Yes. I mean, either way, it's it's. It, yes. I win. We win. Yes. You know, having that, and and it is it is a very common thing among all kinds of indigenous folks mm-hmm. that the hunters tell stories of animals offering themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they look the whole day. I I just read a story by a Native American elder who goes hunting with a rifle. Now it's not like back in mm-hmm. the days. He he takes in only one bullet. Mm-hmm. And he walks the whole day, and he talks about he had many opportunities for he saw many deer that mm-hmm. day, but it was not it was never the right one. It was never the the the, the perfect situation. Now sometimes it was a little bit hidden. Sometimes it was behind a tree, and then almost at the end of the day, there is a deer standing in a clearing, and like right with the flanks toward him, so he could get a clean shot. shot. Yes, the deer looks right in his eyes and he's like, yeah, of course vegetarians are going to say, or other people, not only vegetarians, but people are going to say, yeah, you make that up. Uh, deer doesn't offer themselves or itself to you. No? But yeah, the hunter experiences it in a different way. And if you don't believe it, that just means that you've never experienced it. Mm-hmm. Yes. There is there is magic. There is what people call magic. And people these days, they think it's a ridiculous thing and it's a, no, it's a card tricks and mm-hmm. things like that. But there is things like that happening. There is things that are more than just coincidence. If you just go out with an open mind and uh, keep your eyes open, your ears open. Karen, you yeah. grew up before having not having electricity. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't my time. It's uh, my sister. Time. Okay. Yes, but I still experience through the local life. Yes. I would say. Mm-hmm. And in your world, magic is is still very real. Yes, it's so real. It's it's just too believe people believing in that. It's their life. They use. It's uh. We say we be, we believe in the spirit. It's not the. If you say in the West Western society as magic, but we mm-hmm. believe in we uh, yeah spirit yes. So those spirit, it's like a magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I noticed too being here and having lived here a lot in Southeast Asia, the way Buddhism is here, it's it's um, it's like animism with Buddhism. Mm. And the, the the way the, Bud, the people here love to put that is the Asian ancient one yeah the ancient mm-hmm. folk religion mm-hmm. yes they've never tried to erase it that's mm-hmm. what Christians do Christians move somewhere and they don't assimilate the old belief they erase it they burn people 
to get rid of the old religion. But Buddhism is, uh, there's a few things that I could complain about, but maybe this is not the right time, because Buddhism is the lesser evil, uh, to say the least. Um, yeah, at least they don't, they don't try to eradicate what people believe in, but they, they assimilate it, they make it part of the belief. They say, yes, you can still believe in your tree spirits, you can still worship them, you, know, you can worship the spirit of the rice and have your little rituals, because it doesn't contradict the teachings of the Buddha. Huh? Because it's, it, it, it does contradict the teachings of the God of the Old Testament, yes. <laughs> There is no God, uh, diff uh, no, how do they formulate There is it? no other God but, Not no but other I God or... but me, yes, uh, he's the only one, very jealous. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, Buddha is not like that. Yeah. Do you have any magic moments that stand out? Uh, a lot, I, I cannot remember, it's happened all the time. Yes, Gan is a good dreamer. Uh, yes, because uh, I grew up like that yes. with my family. We believe in dreams. Yes. It's like you learn something from the dream. And many times it works. How many times did Gan I, wake up in the morning and she said, I, I, I dreamed about a snake. So we're careful that day. Yes. And wow, most of the time, by far most of the time, we'll see a snake that day. Yes. No? And that's not only... Uh, we saw similarities, right, Gan? When you were translating the book about the Sangoi people, mm. who, are, who call themselves... One of their names for themselves is the dream people. Mm. Mm, yeah. Because they sit together in the morning when they, after they wake up and they discuss their dreams. Mm. And whatever the people dreamed, they try to stitch together a story mm. out of all the different dreams. And this will, will be... Today. Yes, this yes. will be the plan for today. Mm. So that's how yes. I'd uh, pick this up to me. Uh, with my family because I also starting uh, remember my dream mm -hmm. try to connect what's gonna happen sometimes I ask my parents mm -hmm. sometimes ask neighbor and just talk about the dream and somebody will tell you maybe have to be, to be careful with that mm -hmm. or have to be careful with that mm -hmm. Even now, yeah, sometimes yeah. Gan has a dream and she calls call her parents or her sisters in the morning yeah, and she tells them and then they discuss it. Yes. Yes. The, um, when people talk about the future and or now as an advanced society, mm. I, I think it's such a limited idea of what's possible. Mm -hmm. It's just a technological world that continues to become Cybertron, uh, if you're a fan yes. of Transformers, <laughs> so completely technologically um, yes. overhauled world where everything is digital and... And not, nothing is spiritual. Yeah, and everything's made of stainless steel and yes. and there's circuitry, but... Empty. To me, and, and, and this, I have to thank a lot of people who, like, um, what's his name, uh... He, he's a researcher of... He, he, he did his own research of ancient Egypt. Uh, I forget his name, but he, was, he died recently. But he says, like, what if the pyramids are way older than, than they, uh, they, they say they are? And what if they built them with their minds, right? Mm -hmm. What if they had an advanced society that didn't, that didn't place its value, its, its, all its intelligence into creating tools, but mm -hmm. rather harness the power of dance, let's say, or dreams, mm -hmm. what would that advanced society look like? Mm -hmm. We have no idea because we don't even think about it and we, we haven't gone to that extent yes. um, in this current iteration of civilization. Yes. 
so when we when people discuss about the future and what's possible it's always like well we'll we'll create a a machine that does that we'll yes. create mm-hmm. a pill that does that flying cars right but if we <laughs> teleporters if if we remember these these capabilities that humans have and accept them then then we we could build or we can return mm-hmm. in a way to a, a world that was already very advanced. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. advanced in a different way. Yeah, advanced in a world that doesn't that doesn't take mountain tops off to get coal. I wouldn't say the way that's <laughs> advanced before, but would say in the way that it's successful. Or meant yes. to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, like advanced in a in a in a down to earth way. You know, in a natural way. Advanced in a natural way. We were an advanced species. We were functioning very well in our environment mm-hmm. before people started building cities and hierarchies and stuff like that, you know. Uh, we knew our place. We were very successful. We, we made it to all the continents and we didn't screw our environment. You know, the forests were pretty great at that time. And if you look around now, uh, it matters. It mat- what what matters is your definition of advanced. But if exactly. you define, uh, somebody said, I don't, I don't remember who. I'm very angry that I always forget it. Somebody said, a culture is no better than its woods. Hmm. So if you judge a culture by the state of the forest, you will know if it's a good culture or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is very true. I I love the quote. I remember the quote. I always forget who said it. Um, but yeah, it is like that. If you if you say an advanced culture has takes care of its own forest because it sees the benefits mm. that humans reap mm-hmm. from being part of the forest, l- knowing how to live with the forest, in the forest, from the forest, um, then this is going to be a very successful culture. People are going to be happy and they're going to live long, healthy lives. You know, the um, the people that we read about that we're so interested in. I don't think they even have a concept of advanced. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. even consider themselves people as an advanced being. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. You know? Yes, that is true. Which is a, it's such a, it must be a relief. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yes, what it do we sucks do with all this advancement. Yes, it sucks Why being the smartest species, right? And having so to much think about pressure. what to create in the future all the time. Yes. Humans, instead of so much expectation, yeah, yes. being, being part of nature, uh, of the of the systems, yes, uh, of this world is is such a, it's it's wonderful, mm-hmm. and um, constantly thinking about how to improve things is, yeah, you it, never take in now, you just yes, it's yeah. you always live one step in the future, and never really there, yes, well, maybe we should. Um, the ice is falling asleep <laughs> but uh thank uh, you thank you guys for sharing your thoughts of course man it's a pleasure always good to talk yeah to people who are like minded there's very there's preciously few of them I don't want to disrupt you guys because no, it's so fast so I just keep listening and uh, <laughs> I, I, I catch up with your thoughts I wanted exactly. to have more gone yes I, uh, actually so um, actually, if you if you had heard something while we were uh, us phalangs were just uh, blah 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 in yes. our uh, phalang way. Yes. If there's anything you were thinking and wanted to share, mm-hmm. but you were too grengchai to, uh, <laughs> to to interrupt, <laughs> you, you can share yes. your thoughts now. I'd love mm-hmm. to hear them. 
Yes. It's not so much of thought for me because from what I heard, a lot from most of foreigners, they keep arguing and changing <laughs> ideas who have the best of... Guilty. <laughs> whatever, but for me, I see so much of the problem as the Western society have. Yes. The way you grow up, mm-hmm. or most of the volunteers who come and tell about their life, how they grow up, and it's so completely uh, different from how I grew up, how mm-hmm. I experienced my life. Yes. So I say to myself, why you guys have so many problems? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were lucky to be born at a time when life still worked. Tell, tell us a little bit about when you grew up, what was it like compared to how things have changed? Now that you've seen what the life that we came from and heard about it, mm. what do you look back on and say, you know what, that was pretty good. That was that felt good. Oh. Simple, simple life. Yes. Simple, everything, just just do it simple. Just yes. make everything simple. It's the, the, the most, the most, what what to say, easy to, to live your life. Yes. The, the story when you when you try to think so hard how to live your life how to uh, how to, how to uh, shit uh, successful improve improve be yourself successful. Yes, yes you you need all those things but if you think back and you just throw everything away and just try Yes. Just just try this thing, it's not good for you, okay, let's try another, another thing. Mm-hmm. If th- that thing works for you, well, yeah, maybe try a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just try to connect, and at the end you see that, ah, it's not that difficult, actually. Mm-hmm. The simplicity is the key. Yeah, that's that w- the word that I was thinking to yes. say. <laughs> but, but now, here, that's not enough in Thailand anymore just to live simply what, unfortunately what like it's not so like easy you, they come, your parents are worried you're not making money mm-hmm. you're not trying to um, buy a condominium or mm-hmm. a car yes. so I think at the end they will understand and they will not regret it that mm-hmm. I decided to live my life like this because it was their life that they used to live their life like this before as well Yes. So at the end, if this society go down and they don't need to worry about money, they don't need to worry about their neighbor gonna compare them that how much money that they have. Mm-hmm. Not all of those things anymore. They they will stop thinking in that in that way. Yes. Yeah? Go back to the old go way. Go back to the own way. Just yes. just cheap. Yes. I think it's more easy for people who used to live uh, a simple life to go back yes. to their own way. Hmm. One one of one of my favorite stories that I always like hearing from Gan is uh, when you guys went eating in the forest. Oh, that was. That is a family activity that is just so cool. Let, I wish let, I, I let, wish I would have experienced something like that. Let's hear that as the last thing to yes. leave people because oh, I uh, love a good story from. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just small activity, but uh, all, my house is close to the forest, 
so each season we go to the forest to uh, gather food, our food, hunt insects, uh, gather mushroom, leafy greens, herbs, uh, potato, wild potato. Yes. Uh, yeah, all together. So at, at that season, it was like everything goes a lot. Mm-hmm. We have insect, we have let ants eggs to to <laughs> to harvest. Red ant, red ant eggs are delicious. Yes. Yeah, and the bugs and mushroom. Yes. So we we think oh, maybe it's a good time to go to the forest together. Yes. And so let's do like um, the picnic. Yes. <laughs> in the forest together. Yes. So we come up with the idea of getting some rice mm-hmm. and uh, with the pot, the yes. small pot. Then we go to the forest and we walk through the forest together. Uh, each person go somewhere and walk through the forest and come back with thing that they got. Yeah. And then we, we say that, ah, very good, we got a lot and we let's cook, let's eat. So we just make a fire and uh, cook rice and we eat a uh, thing that we harvest from the forest, that we get from the forest together. Mm. So it was the, the best memory for me until this day. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. That is always remind me how simple it is that is to, to just yeah go to the forest and have food and you eat and you talk and it's a lot of... Ha- happiness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, maybe we'll do that yes. next time. Yes, yeah. of course, man. Definitely. That's a plan for the future. Mm-hmm. We have a little jungle dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, until that time, we'll do another one of these then. Okay. Thank you all. Sure. Thank you.